to the St. Michael Fall Podcast Series. My name is Mary Lessman, and I'll be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is Building Our Future. This is a unique time in the history of St. Michael Church. God is calling us to take courageous steps forward. Together, we will build a future where the Kingdom of God can be seen and known in new ways. As the psalmist says, send out your light and your truth that they may lead me and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. A reading from the second book of Kings, chapter 22, verses 1 to 13. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, daughter of Adiah of Boscath. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. In the eighteenth year of King Josiah, the king sent Shapham, son of Azaliah, son of Meshulam, the secretary, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to the high priest Hilkiah, and have him count the entire sum of the money that has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people. Let it be given into the hand of the workers who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Let them give it to the workers who are at the house of the Lord, repairing the house, that is, to the carpenters, to the builders, to the masons, and let them use it to buy timber and quarried stone to repair the house. But no accounting shall be asked from them for the money that is delivered into their hand, for they deal honestly. The high priest Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. When Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, he read it. Then Shaphan the secretary came to the king and reported to the king, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workers who have oversight of the house of the Lord. Shaphan the secretary informed the king, The priest Hilkiah has given me a book. Shaphan then read it aloud to the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes then the king commanded the priest Hilkiah, Ahikam son of Shaphan, Akbor son of Micaiah, Shaphan the secretary, and the king's servant Asiah, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our ancestors did not obey the words of this book, to do according to all that is written concerning us. Here ends the reading. The story is told of a mother and daughter making a meatloaf together. As she always has, mom cuts the ends of the meatloaf before placing it in the oven. One day the daughter asks mom, why do we always cut off the ends of the meatloaf before we bake it? Mom answered, I don't know. That's just how my mother taught me to make it. So they called grandma and asked, grandma, why do we cut off the ends of the meatloaf before we bake it? Grandma laughed and admitted she didn't know. It was the way her own mother had taught her. Great-grandma lived in a retirement home in the area, and so they went to visit her. When asked about the meatloaf, great-grandma laughed and said, I have no idea why you're cutting the ends off the meatloaf. I used to do it only because I didn't have a big enough pan. Sometimes a thing becomes accepted tradition simply because, as far as we know, it's always been done that way. We have a similar situation in our story from 2 Kings. Under good King Josiah, a cleaning and restoration of the temple is underway. 
During this work, the high priest Hilkiah discovers the Book of the Covenant. I imagine it in a dark room, seldom entered, covered in dust and hidden in stacks of other forgotten items. It's really amazing when you think about it that God's people would have lived for so many generations without this book of the law. The book is brought to King Josiah, and his secretary reads the whole thing aloud to him. When he hears it, King Josiah tears his clothes as if in mourning and great distress. After hearing the book of the covenant, believed to be what we know today as the book of Deuteronomy, it is clear to Josiah that God's people have not been faithful to their covenant with God. And the book of the law listed the very serious consequences of infidelity and disobedience. Israel and all her kings for hundreds of years believed they were doing good enough by their relationship with God. They made sacrifice at the temple as their ancestors had shown them. But over the years, layers of accretion had built up on the way they were practicing their faith. They incorporated multiple places to offer worship. They allowed worship to other gods in addition to God, and they took on some of the alarming pagan practices of the people around them. This slide happened gradually, and so most of Israel, including King Josiah, was probably unaware of how far the people had traveled from right relationship with God. They were just cutting the ends off the meatloaf because that's what they had been taught and how it had always been. Josiah, to his great credit, instigates a renewal of the covenant. All the people come together to hear the book of the law and recommit themselves to God. The altar at Bethel and those around the land were destroyed. The sacred poles erected to other gods were cut down. The festival of Passover was reinstituted as a national communal observance instead of the private familial celebration it had become. Josiah made the newly discovered Book of the Covenant the center of a rededicated nation. This great cleansing, this renewed commitment to obedience to God, was, in a sense, a revival. We, too, need revivals. Perhaps not the stereotypical big tents with hellfire preaching, but we need revivals that shake us out of our thoughtless habits out of the places and things we continue to do because we've always done them that way. Over time, lesser gods can draw our focus and priority even if we haven't consciously made that decision. It's just what everyone else is doing. It seems the path of least resistance. It makes life comfortable. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the intensity and centrality of God in our lives. We need to be jolted into remembrance that relationship with Him comes first. All those false gods and idols that we've allowed to creep into our lives and routines must submit to Him and perhaps be dismantled or curtailed. Josiah helped bring Israel back from a way of life that had traveled far from God. In this season of intentionally looking to our future as disciples and as this particular people of God at St. Michael, may we be willing to honestly look at the priorities and practices in our lives that are in need of being shed so that we might return to committed relationship with God. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.